Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome in to this episode of La Liga Lowdown. I'm your host, Jim McTeer, and I'm bringing you the next episode in our series where we tell the story of all the La Liga clubs. This time around, we're telling the story of Valencia Club de Football. This is one of the greatest institutions in the history of Spanish football, and they've enjoyed some of the greatest moments in Spanish football. Let's have a listen. Final! El Valencia campeón, el Valencia campeón de la Liga 2001-2002. Y se acabó, el Valencia campeón de la Copa de la UEFA. El Valencia campeón de la Copa de la UEFA. Un lleno va a pitar, se acabó, se acabó, ha ganado el Valencia. Ha roto el monopolio del Barcelona de los últimos años y consigue el título 11 años después. 11 años después. We heard some of Valencia's highlight moments there. We heard them win a league title, a UEFA Cup and a Copa del Rey because Valencia have enjoyed success in so many tournaments over the years. Over there are more than 100 years. So now let's find out how it all began and we'll do so with Roman de Arquer starting us off. After a listen in to the club hymn, he'll bring us the Valencia origin story. Es un equipo de primera, Nostre Valencia, club de fútbol, que yo Valencia Club de Fútbol was founded on March 18, 1919, as players from other local teams who had disbanded came together to form a new club. The club's first president, Octavio Augusto Milego Díaz, was chosen with the toss of a coin in Bartorino, with the exact spot still marked by a plaque on the floor to this day. Sacrifices were made to help get the club off the ground, with one of the founding members, Gonzalo Medina, delaying his wedding for a year as he invested his savings into a pitch for the club, which would be known as Campo de Algiros, hosting 8,000 fans. Only four years later, Valencia had become the dominant force in the regional league and won their first national title, the Copa del Rey, in 1923. To celebrate, they moved into a new stadium, Mestalla. To this day, it remains the oldest stadium in Spain's top division. 
Valencia joined La Liga in 1928 in Segunda División, winning promotion in 1931 and then establishing themselves as a reliable side in Primera. In the late 1930s, the civil war disrupted Valencia's progress and also partially destroyed Mestalla. My soul fell to my feet when I saw the state of it, was what President Luis Casanova said. Casanova would become one of the most influential figures in the club's history, working as a president between 1936 and 1959. The stadium would even later be named after him for 25 years between 1969 and 1994. During his time in charge, the club won seven titles and finished runners-up in seven more. The first league title came in 1942, with Mundo winning the Pichichi and Ignacio Izaguirre winning the Zamora Trophy as Valencia won the league by a substantial margin of seven points. It began a golden era with three league titles. Two years later, the club formed their B-team, which is called Mestalla, and it would make history of its own in 1952 as it became the first B-team to win promotion to Primera División. Nowadays, B-teams are ineligible for promotion into the same category as the first team, but back then it was different. However, in an act which shows the honor of Casanova, Valencia turned down the promotion instead, offering to the federation for Mestalla to stay in Segunda to avoid a conflict of interest. In the 50s, Casanova invested in expanding Mestalla to a capacity of over 40,000, not far off from what it can host today. They also invested on the field, signing Fas Vilkes to become one of the team's first imported superstars. 1959 saw the start of the club's pre-season tournament, El Trofeo Naranja, with Pelé's Santos taking on Inter Milan in the first edition. Valencia got a taste for the international game as they went on into the 1960s and they loved it. With the Fairs Cup kicking off, Valencia won the tournament two years in a row in 1962 and 1963, beating Barcelona and then Dinamo Zagreb in two-legged finals before losing to Real Zaragoza in the 1964 final at the Camp Nou. A Spanish football legend then took over as the new coach in the 1970-1971 season, Alfredo Di Stefano. Having led Boca Juniors to the title, he was swept back to Spain where he led the team to their first league title since 1947. Going into the final day, a point was enough, but Valencia were beaten by Espanyol. Fortune went their way though. Barcelona and Atlético de Madrid were the other two teams with a chance of winning the title and they faced off against each other. If either of those teams had won, then they'd have conquered the title. But their match finished as a draw to see Valencia crown champions. Valencia performed well in the Copa del Rey too, making three consecutive finals, but were beaten by their two title rivals from 1971 and Real Madrid. In doing so, they matched their run of 1944 to 1946 as the only team in history to lose three consecutive Copa finals. In 1979, and with a certain Mario Alberto Kempes, Valencia finally got their hands on that trophy, going on to win the UEFA Cup Winners' Cup the following year. After an impressive run, they beat Arsenal on penalties to lift the trophy and then were victorious against another English side, Nottingham Forest, in the Super Cup. However, the success was short-lived. In 1986, disaster struck. Valencia were relegated for the first and only time in their history. 
debts of 2.2 billion pesetas or 40 million euros in today's money from stadium renovations for the 1982 World Cup had plunged the club into uncertainty. Valencia had to sell key players and Di Stefano returned to try to save them but it was too little too late. Although the Argentine decided to stay on board despite relegation and oversaw the club's promotion back up at the first time of asking. Fueled by the goals of Predrag Mijatovic in the early 1990s and the creativity of Gaizka Mendieta in the late 90s, Valencia soon established themselves as a top La Liga club once again, finishing second under Luis Aragonés in 1996. Mijatovic departed for Real Madrid weeks after denying that he would leave, infuriating fans, but the club went from strength to strength. The first silverware in 19 years came as a Copa del Rey in 1999 with a convincing 3-0 win over Atletico Madrid under Claudio Ranieri's command and Claudio Lopez's 37 goals among all competitions, rivaling the records of legends like Mundo and Mario Kempes. Valencia also qualified for the Champions League through their league finish and it was in that tournament that they would begin their adventures in the early 2000s. The early 2000s really were a magical time for Valencia. Paco Pollitt lived those moments and now he's going to tell us exactly what happened. After Copa del Rey winning coach Claudio Ranieri left Valencia in summer 1999 to coach Atletico de Madrid, his replacement was Hector Cooper, who had done an incredible job in Mallorca till that point. Under Cooper, Valencia became one of the most proficient defensive teams of the continent and showed this to the world in their first ever Champions League season. The Bats thrashed Lazio and Barca to set foot in the Champions League final for a game held in Paris in May 24th, 2000. However, they faced Real Madrid, and their experience in such games was too much to handle, and a heartbreaking 3-0 defeat ended the dream. Or maybe not, because after being so close to the football Olympus, Valencia tackled the competition again next season with similar results. In the 2000-2001 season, they managed to reach the final yet again after knocking out big sides such as Arsenal and Leeds United. Less than one year later, on May 23, 2001, Valencia played in San Siro against Bayern München for a golden place in history. Mendieta scored the opener from the penalty spot, but yet another penalty in the second half leveled the game. After drama rose to extreme levels in the extra time, two miraculous saves by Oliver Kahn in the shootout to deny Carboni and Pellegrino meant one of the most gutting conclusions ever to one of the most beautiful football fairy tales. Many expected summer 2001 to be the end of an era. Cooper left the club after another heartbreaking defeat against Barca with a Rivaldo bicycle kick goal from outside the box, which left the side out of the Champions League spots in the last match day of the season. Also, legendary midfielder Gaizka Mendieta was sold to Italian side Lazio. A young up-and-coming coach named Rafa Benitez was brought from Tenerife and, beating all odds, Valencia re-emerged as a superpower in the Spanish league, perfecting the formula created by Ranieri and Hector Cooper. After playing catch-up to Real Madrid the whole season, Valencia conquered La Liga in May 2002 at La Rosaleda with a 2-0 win against Málaga. Players such as Cañizares, Albelda, Baraja, Vicente or the magician Pablo Aymar were cemented in the collective minds of the fans as a team of legend. The performance of Valencia under Benitez dipped the following year, ending fifth, so Benitez wanted a bit of help from the board, asking for signings but not really having much luck. A famous sentence was born, I asked for a couch and they brought me a lamp. 
he said after the signing of midfielder Fabio Canovio. Even so, the 2003-2004 season would be the best ever for Valencia, conquering both La Liga and the UEFA Cup in a brilliant final against Didier Drogba's Olympique Marseille. With Vicente Rodriguez as the best winger of the continent, the legend of the doblete was born. However, Benitez's departure followed and was a serious blow for the club. After conquering the European Super Cup during the summer, the levels of excellence seen the year before were never seen again. Quique Sánchez Flores was appointed in summer 2005 and things were on the up again after signing striker David Villa from Zaragoza for a 12 million fee and adding new valuable players in the next few years like youth academy player David Silva, free agent youngster Juan Mata or veteran forward Fernando Morientes. After finishing third in 2006 and fourth in 2007, the 07-08 season was an absolute mess, with Kike being sacked in October after a defeat in Sevilla. Juan Soler, the president who had begun the construction of the new Mestalla ground the year before, decided to sign Ronald Koeman as the replacement. The season was an absolute disaster, and Valencia were very close to getting relegated. But in the brighter side of things, they were able to conquer the Copa del Rey after knocking out Atletico, Barça and beating Getafe in the final. Club legend Boro finished the season as the caretaker and the team avoided the drop to Segunda. In summer 2008, Juan Soler was out of the president's chair and Unai Emery was appointed as the new manager. The following years, Valencia saw some of their biggest stars leaving in order to pay for the humongous debt which Juan Soler had generated. The new stadium works were halted in February 2009 and to date haven't been restarted. The economic crisis struck hard and President Manuel Llorente had to strike a delicate balance. David Villa, David Silva and Juan Mata were sold for cash while replacements such as Roberto Soldado, Aritza Duriz or Jonas came in. In 2012, Emery ended his four-year run with three consecutive third places in La Liga, something no manager has achieved since. Instability really took a toll from that point on and several managers came and went. Amadeo Salvo was named the new president during that era, but soon he'd be replaced. That's because the last few years for Valencia have taken place under the management of billionaire Peter Lim and his business Meriton Holdings, who were picked in the 2014 bidding process for the ownership of the club with a little bit of help from the inside. Under Lim, Nuno Spirito Santo took advantage of a young, hungry side to finish fourth in 2015 and again enter the European fray. Turmoil within the club ended with Salvo and close collaborators Rufete and Ayala forced out of the club, with Nuno becoming the full-fledged football manager shortly after. By Christmas, Nuno was out too, due to a streak of bad results. So in came Gary Neville, a close friend of Peter Lim, who had never coached at the top flight. His poor results in the league ended up with Neville sacked and a disappointing 12th place. But Valencia always managed to somehow bounce back. In 2017, Mateo Alemán was brought in as the CEO and Marcelino García Toral was appointed as the head coach. Their work and the performance of the squad, led by players such as Dani Parejo, José Luis Gallá or Carlos Soler, were able to take Valencia back to the Champions League. One season later, the year where the club celebrated their centenary, Valencia again finished fourth and, in one of the most epic games ever, beat Barca in the Copa del Rey final on May 25th, 2019. Fans were delighted to see their team back on top, 
but again disaster struck months later after Peter Lim and his close collaborators including President Anil Murthy decided to fire Martellino with a reasoning which made absolutely no sense. Matteo Alemán followed suit and soon Valencia went from a mighty La Liga side to ending the 2019-2020 season on a disappointing ninth place, selling big players for peanuts and overall becoming a shadow of its former self. Yes, the last few years have been quite tough for Valencia. There have been some difficult moments, but as Paco explained, they did at least manage to celebrate that centenary in 2019 with a trophy. We're going to move on now to the section in these podcasts where we hear all about club legends. We've got Sam Leverage to do that, and he's about to name his three all-time Valencia heroes. In order to truly understand Valencia, you have to go right back to its roots. And there's no better example than Edmundo Suarez de Trabanco, or Mundo as he's better known. He wasn't actually from Valencia. He was Basque and initially came through the ranks with Athletic Club. But he spent 17 years with Valencia, 11 as a player and 6 as a coach. Initially, he joined after he impressed in a team selected by Franco's army following the Civil War. And then he got a contract with Valencia. He was the Pachichi in 1942, 1944. And in both of those seasons, Valencia won the league. And then they also won it again in 1947, showing how Mundo was crucial to this golden era in the club's history. He stayed at the club until 1950, when at the age of 34, he decided he still wanted regular game time, despite the fact he'd only played seven games that season for Valencia. So he left for neighbours Alcoyano. He left as the club's record goal scorer with 238 goals scored across those 11 years and to this day that record remains intact as the club's leading goal scorer. He returned as coach in 1962 and then was flicking between Mestalla and the club's first team where he had coaching roles leading both sides and he also won a Copa del Generalissimo. Such goal scoring records were pretty impressive and they were almost knocked down by an Argentinian who nobody had heard of when he joined, Mario Alberto Kempes, now arguably the club's greatest legend. Nicknamed El Matador, the killer, he joined in 1976 from Argentina and nobody knew who he was. Even the club's sporting director admitted that he'd never seen Kempes play when he joined the club. They'd never seen him score a goal. And he was actually even on national service at the time while playing for Rosario Central. So he had to ask for permission from the authorities to leave Argentina and to come to Spain to play football. And it went magnificently. It was a gamble that paid off for Valencia. In his first two seasons, he was Pachichi in both of them. And at the end of that second season, in 1978, he was a star of Argentina's World Cup win. A year later, in 1979, he scored two goals in the 2-0 win over Real Madrid in the Copa del Rey final. And he had become an iconic figure. In 1981, he returned to Argentina, joining River Plate. But a year later, he was back again in Valencia because River Plate couldn't afford the full transfer fee, only paying 130 million of the 300 million pesetas that agreed. Two years later, he'd had his chance to say goodbye to Valencia properly and eventually left for local club Hercules in Alicante. Stepping a little closer to the modern day, we have another player, again, not from Valencia, but Santi Cañizares is just as popular with fans as anybody you will find, known as Cañete or the Dragon, the Dragon. He joined from Real Madrid, having impressed for Celta Vigo, 
Los Blancos and also for Spain. He was key to Rafa Benitez's system and their two league titles. And he's one of only five players to have won the Zamora Trophy for the best goalkeeping record four times. Three of those wins coming with Valencia. When he did leave, he turned down offers from the Premier League and from MLS, instead deciding to retire and go into punditry, a role he still holds today. He's spoken out recently against the club's ownership, Meriton Holdings, and remains one of the club's most popular figures alongside Kempes and Mundo. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. We're going to round off this podcast now by talking about the fans. We've already heard about how Mestalla is the oldest stadium in Spain's first division right now. So next, we're going to hear about what a trip to Mestalla is like and what the matchday experience is like. To tell us about this, we've got Valencia fan Armando Lopez Espinal coming up. Over to you, Armando. Wow, Mestalla, where do you begin? It's heaven on earth. It's paradise. It's a holy pilgrimage for any Valencianista from any part of the world to go to. When I think of Mestalla itself, I think of its beautiful facade with the giant orange glimmering bat and the lomas throughout the stadium, uh, paying homage to all the icons who have graced their presence on the field and who have won trophies for this amazing club, for Valencia Club de Football, that means so much in world football. And the stadium itself, the you can really see how the club and the city are intertwined and how Valencia, whether it's foundation in March 18th or Fias, the cele- huge celebration in Valencia, are very intertwined, and without one, you can't have the other. And when I think of Mestalla as well, I think of the match day experience. For me, match day always begins with a previa, always starts out with some bocadillos, having some camaraderie with some friends and family, just chatting about Valencia and catching up and predictions. Uh, there's usually a local orchestra parading around the stadium playing traditional Valencian music. And across the street from Mestalla is Manolo del Bombo's bar, 
Manolo is not only a resident of Valencia, but also a huge fan of the Spanish national team, and that adds an extra element to the football culture of Valencia and the significance of Valencia and world football. And when the team comes, wow, that's a, something, a sight to behold. All the fans are always rallying around the team bus, always chanting, making their voices heard, making sure the players hear them, chanting knowing that they are 110% behind the team and always setting off flares and making sure that the opposition is intimidated because Mestalla is the 12th player. The t- fans are the 12th player. Mestalla is a fortress. Mestalla is imposing. And all the fans make sure that the players know how they feel because at the end of the day, the fans are the 12th players because we love and respect the club so much. That's why Valencianistas are demanding and we always celebrate whenever the team does well, but we also ask the players to always step it up a notch because we see the potential. We do know how much Valencia can succeed. We have seen the team triumph, and that's why uh, Valencianistas are are so great. And for me, that's why it also makes it harder for opposing teams and adds that extra element. For any football fan, I highly recommend going to Mestalla. It is something, a sight to behold, and it's something that any football fan needs to experience because Mestalla means so much. As Armando said, Mestalla is a fortress. Mestalla is imposing. It's impressive and well worth visiting. So now that brings us to the end of this podcast. I want to thank then all the contributors to this episode. That's Roman de Arquer, Paco Pollitt, Sam Leverage, and Armando Lopez Espinal. I've been your host, Jimmy Tier. And remember, we are La Liga Lowdown, and we have many more podcast episodes available. For now, many thanks for listening to this one. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 